Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Hey, that's John Cooper um, with Skillet singing a song that makes me uh, feel really energized and encouraged about walking by faith in the midst of the world. And so I I like to um, hear that that song and uh, and this music. And so. Um, some of you have been asking, hey, we talked at one point about um, Mornings with Carmen being on, um, like on YouTube. And uh, and so, you know, here's the challenge, right? You can't do the same things in uh, when this is when this is rebroadcast as a podcast uh, or when this content is, let's say, broadcast on YouTube or preserved there. You can't actually do the same things as we can do on live radio because on live radio, we actually have all of the required, you know, permissions to air the kind of music that you just heard. So um, as you uh, are a part of this ministry and love what we do, um, I'm just letting you in on this little, uh, this little portion of the conversation. So be praying that we're going to be able to continue to use, let's say, that music that you just heard as the intro to the show, um, both in podcasting and then ultimately, uh, you know, on YouTube and other platforms where the programming might be preserved in different forms, because we want to be supporting the writers and the artists um, who write and perform the music. Um, but we also, you know, right, want to be really good stewards of the gifts that you give, because this is listener supported radio. Uh, and so as the Faith Radio Network um, continues to grow, and we continue to have opportunity to share the gospel over all kinds of different media, um, how music is woven into all of that is a huge conversation. And so there you go. That's uh, that's a little, let's look under the hood and behind the scenes of what's going on uh, in terms of um, the growth of the ministry. So I'm going to talk for a minute about radio because our friends in Africa are um, uh, appreciative that this programming and the programming of the Faith Radio Network is available over the Faith Radio app. They're appreciative of that. That's how they're accessing this right now. And um, this came, the Lord brought this to me uh, as I was spending some time in Romans and I, you know, reread this passage from Romans chapter 10. And so I want to share this with you this morning from Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse nine. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Um, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon his name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then uh, how then can they call on the one they haven't believed in. And how could they believe in 
in the one of whom they have not heard. And how can they hear unless someone tells them? How can anyone tell unless they're sent? As it is written, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And so, you know, Paul is laying out here the reality that um, people are sent with the good news of the gospel to tell with their mouths um, the 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 wonderful truths of uh, of who Jesus is and what He has done, and the reality that that changes everything. Um, in order that people would hear the gospel, um, and so how will they hear is a huge question. How will they hear? And I'm so thankful to God for this technology. I'm thankful for you know every radio tower in the Faith Radio Network. I am so thankful for the Faith Radio app. I am thankful that people can go online and listen at myfaithradio.com. And the Associated Press has been reporting on um, the the use of radio in Africa. And in this article that I was reading. Um, because we often hear, you know, everything's moving to digital. Everything's moving to digital. Everything's moving to digital. Well, everything is moving to digital, but it's moving more quickly to digital in some places than others. Um, here, from, the, from the AP story, radio is overwhelmingly the most common source of news in Africa. And when we're talking about radio, we're talking about radio signals that are coming, you know, that are being transmitted from and, uh, and bounced off of radio towers, actual Radio, radios tuning in. Um, many of them in Africa are solar powered, and so they don't have to, you know, they don't have to have batteries that, um, you know, that are popped in or out or are going to drain out. So more than 80% of people in Africa own a mobile phone. So they have access to a mobile phone network. And you say to yourself, see, it's all moving to digital. But here's the reality less than half of them, less than half of those mobile phones, so less than half of the 80%. So 40%, let's do it this way, 40% of people in Africa have access to the internet on their phone. So 40% of the people in Africa is still a lot of people. And so we certainly want to be um, using digital technology. And again, thankful for MyFaithRadio.com, thankful for the Faith Radio app. But I am concerned um, that we not lose sight of the power of radio. Um, and so let's be praying for all of the people who are listening today to the radio. Maybe you're listening to the radio, in which case you're now in my little prayer circle. Um, let's be praying today for the ways in which people are going to hear the gospel. And thank you for um, the gifts you give to this ministry that we can send it forth in this way. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. We're going to have our check up with Dr. Jeff Barrows from the Christian Medical and Dental Association next. Doctor, my eyes have seen the years and the slow parade of fears without crying. Dr. Jeff Barrows is back from the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Good morning, good doctor. Good morning, Carmen. I appreciate your words about the power of radio having done a fair amount of travel around sub-Saharan Africa. I can attest 
to what you were saying about the power of radio and the necessity of radio getting the gospel out to those who are living in that region of the world. Yeah, so just so thankful for the ways in which God uh, uses technology and for the people who, you know, pour forth the resources to make it possible. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Walgreens. Uh, I, I I went to a Walgreens this week. Um, Walgreens is facing blowback for not offering abortion pills in the 21 states where it's not legal for them to do so. This is, I, I still find this astounding. It, it is an amazing story. And, and to, to give your listeners a little background, uh, even though the medication that causes chemical abortion, mifepristone, was approved by the FDA in 2000, it was tightly controlled as to who could dispense or give out the medication. And so starting in January, the FDA began a process where they would certify retail pharmacies like Walgreens, uh, Rite Aid, uh, CVS, uh, to be able to go through a process and be able to dispense Mifepristone. And uh, initially, all three uh, retailers uh, unfortunately agreed that they would do that. But then Walgreens specifically, we know, uh, got letters from these 21 states, the attorney generals in those 21 states where abortion is illegal. And basically what the letter said was you need to be notified that Walgreens, if you decide you're going to dispense this drug in our state uh, where abortion is illegal, there will be legal consequences. So, you know, in my mind, as, as abhorrent as uh, abortion is, uh, I thought Walgreens took a natural business step and they said, well, maybe we shouldn't be giving out mifepristone in these states where it is not allowed legally. But as you said, unbelievably, two governors uh, really pushed back, uh, Illinois Governor Pritzker and the California Governor Newsom, both really called Walgreens on the carpet. And basically what they were doing was telling Walgreens that they needed to ignore the state laws of 21 states, even even though here are governors of their own states. So it's just, it kind of shows where our, our culture is today and that the pro-abortion forces really don't care about obeying laws. They're, they're more concerned about getting these drugs to the patients uh, in order to, to destroy their pregnancy. So I, I find it shocking. I agree that these two governors are demanding Walgreens. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. But in the meantime, I would just ask your listeners, like, like you were saying before, to pray Pray for pharmacists that might be put into the position of having to give out this drug against their conscience. Uh, pray for all of many people uh, around the country that are fighting against chemical abortion because uh, it's now the most common form of abortion, making up about 53% of all abortions. So we just need to be in prayer about this as well. All right, this is specifically for all of my Wisconsin listeners, but if you remember Rennie's or Rennebaum's drugstores um, across Wisconsin, particularly uh, in Dane County, um, Oscar Rennebaum was my great-great-uncle. There you go. Um, I never had the pleasure of knowing him, but I did know his sweet wife, uh, my great-aunt, or my great-great-aunt Mary, uh, and Rennebaum's is now a part of uh, the Walgreens you know, family of drugstores. So there you go. There's my connection to Walgreens. 
I know. Sometimes, you know, I like to put a little, wrap a little ribbon around all of it. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Jeff Barrows here in just a moment. Is your blood pressure rising? Have you been out driving around? Um, it's pothole season. Um, and there's actually a relationship between our blood pressure and road conditions. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Welcome your king, Palm Sunday. Sit next to him at the table during the Last Supper. Feel the hurt and betrayal, the agony of death. Be the first to celebrate at the empty tomb on Easter morning. Join Faith Radio's Reading the Bible Together Holy Week study as we walk with Jesus to the cross. Get your free study guide and access to the Reading the Bible Together podcast by signing up now at MyFaithRadio.com. I try to remember that the human body was designed by God to uh, move at the pace of walking around in a garden. And so we're going to talk about what happens to our, our bodies and our our spirits and our blood pressure when we not only, uh, you know, travel at a speed, but do so in, uh, in conditions that jar our bodies. Um, Jeff, talk with us about um, road noise, road conditions, and blood pressure. Yeah, Carmen, this is a uh, an important topic because blood pressure or hypertension, as we call it in the medical field, is a critical problem. In fact, it's a, a risk factor for uh, heart attack and for strokes and atherosclerosis. And so it's it's growing in its problem and uh, and its prevalence. And 46% of adults who have hypertension don't know it because it doesn't have any symptoms. So this is a critical issue. And so uh, this study was done in the UK, and it's because they have a, a national database because of the national health system. And they looked closely at just under 250,000 individuals that were between 40 and 69 and they they compared their residential addresses uh, to the proximity to major roads. So they were trying to get at the issue, as you mentioned, of road noise, and does it have uh, a correlation with hypertension? And so it was an interesting study that they followed these individuals for about eight years or more. And what they found was that, sure enough, people living near major roads with large volumes of traffic noise were more likely to develop hypertension. And even more importantly, they found that there was a what we call a dose effect. In other words, the closer they lived to that major road, the more likely they were of developing hypertension. So this is an important public health finding because as I said, hypertension is so important. So we just need to be aware of that, I think, as Christians, and uh, be aware, especially if we're in the process of buying a new home. And, you know, a lot of times you want to have the convenience of being near a major road, but just be aware that it might be better long term to look for a little bit quieter area at some distance from that road, especially if you're going to live there for several years. So uh, an an interesting study, and uh, you never know what you're going to find when you start looking at some of these, these factors. I'd love for you, um, Jeff, to, to to talk with us about memory decline and um, the way it's tied to lifestyle factors. I don't I don't think it is going to surprise us that our brain health and our uh, and the longevity of our brain health um, is influenced by a number of factors. Could you read us in on this? 
Yeah, this is a, another study, and I, I really enjoy looking at these lifestyle factors because it's it's it doesn't cost anything. It's it's the way we live. So this is a study that was published in the British Medical Journal of about twenty nine thousand people. Followed them for about ten years, and they they examined them in terms of their adherence to six different lifestyles. And the first is a healthy diet, which they define as a high intake of fruits, vegetables, fish, meat, the nuts, legumes, and, and the healthy things that we all know about. The second was exercise, which they defined as at least two and a half hours of brisk walking each week or 75 minutes of jogging each week. Third was social contact, which they defined as twice a week participating in a meeting or attending some type of party, visiting with friends, or even chatting online. The fourth was uh, what they defined as a cognitive activity, at least twice a week, reading, writing, playing cards, uh, or doing some other game that involved thinking. And the last two were, were not smoking and no alcohol intake. So these are all things that we associate with a, a healthy lifestyle. And what they found was is that those that had at least four of those lifestyle factors for that 10-year period of time had a slower memory decline than the group that did not have those four in place. And this even extended to those who had a genetic predisposition to Alzheimer's. Uh, there's a blood test that many people are talking about now called APOE, that's apolipoprotein E. And that, that uh, gene it raises the, in, the incidence of Alzheimer's and the risk of that. So even those individuals that had this gene in their blood uh, were found to have a, a de decrease in their cognitive decline. So very important study, I think, and it just emphasizes how important it is for us to live, as you said, according to the way that God has designed our body. All right. So people are loving this. I mean, we've been uh, we've been talking about um, blood pressure and how to not only rein it in, but manage it now and Alzheimer's and memory loss. Um, let's now talk about diabetes. Um, how does exercise um, help people who might be pre-diabetic keep diabetes at bay? Yeah, it's a similar study. Uh, it was done over 10 years, uh, published in JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine. And they followed over 200 individuals. And, and these individuals were at high risk of getting diabetes. They had what we call central obesity, which is, in other words, they had a larger abdomen. And they also had non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So there was fat infiltration into their liver, and both of those increasing their chances of developing diabetes over that 10-year period of time markedly. So they divided them into three groups, uh, one control group with no exercise at all. Another group was moderate exercise, again, defined as a brisk walk for about two and a half hours a week. And then the third group, vigorous exercise, again, defined it about jogging uh, for uh, about 75 minutes or so. 
And at the end of 12 months, uh, all these were encouraged to continue. And this was a 10-year. So it started out as a one-year to kind of get them engaged in that level of activity. And what they found is that their risk of developing diabetes dropped by 50% in both the moderate and vigorous exercise group. And that was outside of whatever weight they lost. That group did lose weight and had a decrease in their waist size. But above and beyond that, the exercise in and of itself reduce their risk by 50% of developing diabetes. So just another example example of we as, as God's creatures can do to, to make ourselves healthier. It doesn't cost anything. It's free and uh, easy to do. So I just would encourage everybody to be involved in some form of exercise in their life. That's so helpful. Um, how can we be praying for you, Jeff, and uh, our brothers and sisters at CMDA? Well, you know, we are, we are advocating in lots of different areas across the country. We've got bills uh, that are trying to promote abortion, bills that are trying to promote uh, assisted suicide that we're fighting. We're fighting against chemical abortion. And so we're coming against the enemy in lots of different ways all across the country. So I and my team uh, would very much appreciate the prayers of all your listeners that they would just help support us, give us wisdom as to what bills to take on in these various states and and how to to fight effectively. Father, we come before you on behalf of our brother um, Jeff and all those um, with whom he labors at the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Ask, Father, that you would um, bring hope and healing to the world through these Christian healthcare professionals, that you would give them wisdom as they demonstrate the compassion of Jesus and share the gospel, um, help them to meet the physical, spiritual, and emotional needs of, um, of, of people seeking their care in every specialty and every corner of healthcare from top to bottom. Um, and thank you, Father, for their ministry in the gospel from the very beginning and until now. Um, Bless them as they go forward in their work this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Thank you, Carmen. You're a blessing. No, that's mutual. That's mutual. You guys can check out what's going on at the Christian Medical and Dental Association. Get tons of resources related to all the things that uh, Jeff talked about in terms of of their work, particularly that on Capitol Hill, cmda.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. Let's take a break for Breakpoint. All right, every um, evening at 7.30 Central Time, um, you have access to hearing a program called Encounter the Truth that seeks to facilitate encounters with the truth of God's word and ultimately like put you into a deeper relationship with the one who is the truth. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. We want you to know him. And so um, the host of Encounter the Truth is going to join us next, Jonathan Griffiths. Um, We're going to talk about the attributes of God, and we're going to talk about how um, knowing God through his attributes actually changes us, and in changing us, changes everything else. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Jonathan Griffiths serves as lead pastor at the Metropolitan Bible Church in Ottawa, Canada. Um, He is the host of Encounter the Truth, heard 
um, weeknights at 7.30 p.m. Central here on the Faith Radio Network or on your Faith Radio app or streaming at MyFaithRadio.com, all the places. He is um, an author. He's really passionate um, about expository preaching. He loves to train and mentor others um, in uh, in the ministry of the Word. And he's joining us today sharing a new book, God Alone, His Unique Attributes and How Knowing Them Changes Us. Jonathan, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for your welcome. It's great to be with you today. It's a, de- it's a delight. Um, we all want to be known. Like, we all want to be known for who we really are. We don't want people misrepresenting us or diminishing uh, or offering like a partial view of us. And yet, that's what we do to God all the time. So help us see God today for who he really is. Well, that's the that's the heart really behind this book. I, I, I think I had a concern that... Um, we so easily project um, thoughts about God uh, onto him that aren't true of him because they come from our own imaginings and not from scripture. And it's very easy for us as believers to misrepresent God, even though we may have uh, walked with him for some time through faith in Jesus Christ. And of course, for the world out there, when we have conversations with with unbelievers, so often those conversations with an unbeliever will start with them saying something like, you know, I like to think of God as being like dot, dot, dot. And when a conversation starts like that, you know you're in trouble because the vision of God that will then be cast is one that is imaginary and potentially idolatrous because it's not shaped by who God has revealed himself to be in scripture. And so the impetus behind this project was to go back to basics and really search the scriptures and ask, who is God according to his own self-revelation through his word and supremely in the person of Jesus Christ as he came to us in the incarnation? We have all of these um, images of God in his revealed word, and yet um, for whatever reason, we we have imagined for ourselves um, versions and varieties of God that we would like to synthesize and cobble together because we think it works for us. I I think it is imperative that we understand what you have just said about that is idolatry. Like, can you say a little bit more about that before we jump into um, you know the attributes of God that you talk about in God alone? Yeah, I think the, the the concept of idolatry is a very important theological concept for us to to reckon with a little bit with respect to, to, to this topic in this conversation. I mean, when we think of an idol, you know, we might think of a little carved statue that someone from a you know um a, a completely non-Christian uh, background might might worship, you know. But but the concept of idolatry is creating an image and a and, and an idea of God that is not given to us by divine revelation through the person of Jesus Christ, and then worshiping that concept, that image. And I, I, I think idolatry is far more widespread than we would recognize. And, and there's a huge danger actually for us, even as Christian people, to project concepts of God onto God and then to have a false view of him, which is, which is, which is dangerous, which, which could border on idolatry if we're not very, very careful. And so it is vital for us really to think carefully about who God is as he's made himself known in his word. And as we really start to grapple with this in scripture, I think we do discover areas where our thinking has been deficient where our thinking has been skewed. And I, as I reflect on this, and I've been thinking about it a fair bit over, over recent months, I, I, I guess, with the production of this book, it seems to me that, that the trouble often flows from the fact that we come to God as consumers before we come to him as worshipers. 
So we come to him with a with a list of needs and and perhaps requirements of him, things we want from him, things we need for him to do for us, and we 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 come to God with the expectation that he will do for us what we ask, need and desire. And and so we 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 create an image of God who will be the one who will meet us in our particular need. And and God is able to meet us in our needs. I don't I don't question that at all. In fact that an understanding of that flows from understanding who God really is according to the scriptures. But we need to come first to him as worshipers, uh, recognizing, learning who he is, and then bowing before him, um, responding to him in gratitude and in praise before we come with with our, our agenda. And I think that posture is so import- important as we embark on a study like this. Oh, that's so essential. Um. Jonathan, when we we talk about the attributes of God, excuse me, and we talk about his unique attributes, we're not just talking about um, projecting, you know, as you've said, our ideas upon him. Um, And so we are going to the scriptures to discover um, what God has revealed about himself. So can you make the connection there for us? Um, I mean, I know this won't be hard for you. Um, Why would we look to the Bible to find the truth about who God is? Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right to take us there because this is the foundation of everything. So the premise of this project and of this discussion that we're having here is the is is the conviction that God has made himself known. God is a God of revelation. God has spoken. And this is the the foundational Christian belief. Everything else flows from this, that we believe that God has made himself known in and through the pages of scripture, as he's spoken by the prophets and through the apostles. And supremely, he has made himself known in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven, became man and dwelt among us that we might might know him. So, So we start with a conviction about revelation. Uh, that that things that we could not know have been made known to us um, through the kindness and grace of God and through his own initiative. Now, there will be some, I have no doubt, listening this morning who have just happened to tune in, and I'm so glad that there there will be people in this position who may not share that conviction, um, who may, in fact, be quite skeptical about the idea that, that the Bible tells us anything true, anything about God, if there is a God at all. And and for a person in that kind of situation who's grappling with these things, who's open to exploration, I think my invitation, my encouragement would be, well, look, um, meet Scripture on its own terms, get hold of a Bible, open up the Bible, read it, and engage with what is being said there, and then form your own opinion and your own judgment. And my my experience personally and my conviction as a pastor and a teacher is that the Bible is self-authenticating. You 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 enter into scripture and you find that it is a book like like none other. And 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 God speaks to us through that. And we have an experience of that as we open the pages of scripture. But it, you, it, it's the foundation of everything. Uh, if you're ready to engage um, with the God who is revealed in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, if you want to get to know his unique attributes and then you want to um, you want to discover how knowing those attributes can change you. The book is God Alone. We are giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter that drawing. We're talking with Jonathan Griffiths. He is not only the author of God Alone, um, he is the host 
of Encounter the Truth right here on the Faith Radio Network. So if you like the the conversations that you and I have on a regular basis on Mornings with Carmen, you're going to love Jonathan's program. Um, it is really going to equip you to not only go deep into the Word of God, but to be an agent of God's Word in the world that uh, that He so loves. Um, Jonathan, let's um let's dig into uh, in, into God alone. Um, maybe just start by just tell us about the eternal God. The idea of eternality is not something that uh, we as finite creatures find it easy to grasp. We, we, we have only known a time-bound time existence. We are creatures who are created in a world that, that moves according to a timeline that is set by hours and days and weeks and months and years. And, and, and all that is part of the created order. But the Bible's insistence, uh, the Bible's declaration that God is eternal says that as creator, he is unbound by time. That, 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 that's the insistence here. That's the declaration. He is not in any way limited by time. And the reason for that is that God created time. And as creator, he stands uh, in a sense outside it. So he, he can look on the whole span of human history, the whole timeline of this cosmos, and see it almost as, a, as it were as a collective whole. He sees the end from the beginning. Uh, he, he, he is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Uh, and, and time in no way binds or limits God. And that is hard for us to conceptualize because we, we only know time. But it is a wonderful, wonderful truth for us to consider because it means that the God whom we trust as we, we place our faith in Jesus Christ is the God who does know what is coming and, and the God who is in no way overawed by uh, the, the fear of the future, uh, concerns of what may come next. He knows it all. And so when we put our hand into his hand by faith, we are entrusting ourselves to the one who knows the future. That's a very, very wonderful thing. But also as time-bound uh, creatures, you know, we are very conscious of the passage of time because of the uh, reality of death that we know is a looming reality for humanity. I, I just uh, actually last weekend celebrated my 40th birthday. And it's an interesting moment kind of to reach in life. It's a sort of traditional midlife moment. And I'm, of course, waiting for the midlife crisis to hit. So far, it hasn't hit, but it may come at any moment, of course. And uh, I, you, you, you begin thinking about the passage of time. And I've been reflecting, you know, the reason why I think people have midlife crises is because from, from 40 onward, you think the clock might be sort of um, ticking down and and time is running out i think that's the background fear but you know for the christian believer we are relieved of that fear because the eternal god has invited us to share in his eternal life and so the limitations the time-bound limitations of life on this earth we are released from that through faith in jesus christ and and it, all eternity stretches before us what a wonderful wonderful truth that is for us to take hold of in the gospel I love that. And I love the conversation um, about midlife and potentially midlife crisis. Anytime anybody like says that I am, uh, particularly if it's a Christian, I just, I, I like literally furrow my brow and I'm like, how do you know what half, what half of your eternal life is? Like, what is the half life of an eternal life? I mean, in Christ, exactly. Exactly. you have an eternal life. Like you're never going to reach midlife 
in this life. That's not, yeah, I mean, like, you're just barely getting started. Okay, well, we're going to um, continue our conversation with Jonathan Griffiths. We're giving away copies of his book, God Alone. Uh, it's about the unique attributes of God and how knowing them changes us. You can enter or you can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter that drawing. More with Jonathan up next. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Jonathan Griffiths. He is a pastor. He is um, an author. Um, He teaches and trains others um, how to not only unpack uh, the good news of what God has said in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Um, he is He is training up a generation of expository preachers, and so we're so thankful um, for Jonathan and his partnership in ministry. If you have not listened to Encounter the Truth, I encourage you to check it out. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com, on the Faith Radio app. You can listen to it uh, live weeknights at 7.30 p.m. here on the Faith Radio Network. We're talking with Jonathan today about his book, God Alone, his unique attributes, and how knowing them changes us. And yes, we're giving away copies today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter that drawing. Um, Jonathan, every single chapter is you know worthy of note and conversation, but I'd love to jump to a conversation about the God who you know knows it all, so the all-knowing, all-wise God. Um, and then maybe as a part of that, let's also be sure that we point out that he's all good. Yeah, it's so helpful for us to remember and to take seriously the fact that God is omniscient, that he knows all things, and with that, he is all wise. You know, with all of these attributes of God, I think they have a dual effect of humbling us and putting us in our place. And then if we uh, are people belonging to Jesus Christ, these truths have a great effect of comforting us. And encouraging us. And I think that's true with the omniscience of God. Uh, We sometimes can be very wise in our own eyes. And that 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 only lasts a certain amount of time. And then we are humbled because we recognize that we do not know all things. But I think as we reckon with the fact that God as creator, as the supreme one in all the universe, knows all things. Um, that and and we really grapple with what that means, knowing all things in the cosmos, knowing all things about me and about everyone else in the world, knowing our hearts, knowing all that we've ever done or will do, knowing the future, really knowing all things. As we grapple with that, it's very humbling because we say, you know, I am I am a creature and not the creator. I am very limited in knowledge. God is unlimited with respect to knowledge. And and that's a humbling thing. And I think we need to come to that that humble place before God, actually, um, to be able to place our faith in Jesus Christ, because a, a, a huge part of faith is saying, I don't know, but God knows. I am not wise, but God is wise. And 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 once we do that and we trust the God who knows all things, 
we are we are liberated and we are greatly comforted comforted as we step out into a very uncertain world we say i don't know what to do with this situation i don't know how to navigate this uh i i don't know what the future will hold and i don't know how to prepare myself for it but god knows and so i entrust myself to him that's a huge comfort we need that comfort desperately mm. I think of all of the places in Scripture where somebody responds, "Oh God, you know," um, or uh, you know, Second um, Chronicles twenty twelve, which you which you alluded to just now, which is you know we're we're bowed down and we're saying, um, you know, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you, um, or Job uh, chapter forty one, like right. I mean, we talk about God knowing yes, it all and yes. helping us gain perspective on who we are in. Um, in the midst of all kinds of travail. Um, so good. That's such a, uh, you know, all the chapters are good because I- each chapter is about um, an attribute of God who is good. Um, and so uh, let's, um, let's, let's finish where you finish, which is that God is glorious. Um, I mean, if we do nothing else, let us find ways to exalt the glory of God. That's right. And I think all of the attributes of God point point us to his glory. And the idea that God is glorious means that he is supremely worthy of all worship. He is is the jewel at the center of the universe. And I think this goes back to my comment earlier about us coming to God as consumers rather than worshipers. You know, we come with a list of requirements of him, things we want from him. And of course, he's, he's so gracious and he cares for us in marvelous ways. But we we come to him first as worshipers, recognizing that this God who is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-wise and entirely good and perfectly just and righteous and, and, and all the other attributes that he has and that are intrinsic to him, he is worthy of worship. And and as 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 human beings created in his image, we need to come to the place of recognizing that because our great danger is is actually that we will build our lives around an attempted self-worship. Um, you know, I think about our social media age and our Instagram age, and isn't that so much of what is going going on? You know, seeking to draw attention to ourselves in a sort of act of self-worship. And it's it's ultimately completely self-destructive. And, and we see that in celebrity culture, how it is ultimately a self-destructive thing, because no human being actually is glorious in that intrinsic sense in and of ourselves. And we're not worthy of any worship. And so when we seek that, it tears us apart. But God is worthy of our worship. And it actually is intrinsically right for us as his creatures made in his image to recognize his glory and then to build our lives around his glory and not our own. But we need to know him as the scriptures reveal him for us to be ready to do that. Mm, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Um, David in Psalm 18.3, um, the, the, the worthiness of God to be worshipped, like worship comes to mind mm-hmm. there um, as right. well. Um, what, a, what a delight to uh, have the opportunity to talk with you today. We love listening um, to Encounter the Truth. So thank you so much for that contribution to what we do here, um, you know, in, in a ministry together at MyFaithRadio.com. We, uh, we delight in your partnership. Um, and so thank you, Jonathan, for being here today. Thank you for the book, God Alone, and for the conversation today. Well, thank you, Carmen. It's a great privilege to partner in ministry and wonderful to talk today. 
Yeah, what a delight. Hey, if you haven't checked it out recently, I um, encourage you to do so. You can also find additional resources at EncounterTheTruth.org. Reminder, we're giving away copies today of Jonathan's book, God Alone, His Unique Attributes and How Knowing Them Changes Us. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, I'll be praying for you today. You'll be praying for me as well. Uh, agreed. Thank you so much for this time spent together. Time is precious. Um, let's be mindful of the God of all time. He does know the end from the beginning, um, and he knows you in the intimacy of this very moment, the circumstances of your life, exactly what you need, and in the midst of it, he loves you. Um, respond to him with gratitude and praise. Praise be to God. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.